Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big, big, big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Wendy Papazian. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds, and I believe in big, big, big businesses. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Big, big, big yeah. business, big, big, big life. I knew I wasn't going to get away with that. Yeah. I wasn't going to get away with it. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, well, I'm excited because uh, we are going to talk about one of the biggest uh, challenges and obstacles uh, that come up at any given time as we all have them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Not only in day-to-day life, but also in running a business. Um, A lot of times uh, we get asked to share our lessons that we've learned uh, from a a leadership standpoint. Um, So, and we figured that all leaders need to know about our hardest lessons because Mm -hmm. if you cannot relearn them, you will be able to grow faster. You'll be able to impact more people's lives. You'll be able to lead better. Um, So we are going to keep our commitment to our listeners, this podcast to be transparent and vulnerable and share um, some things that have helped us uh, grow and some hard lessons that we've learned um, while leading. And so we're excited about today's episode. And so get your pen and paper out. Um, Obviously, if you're driving, don't do that. Um, But we would love for you to take some action items on these lessons as well today. I love that. Well, and also this is a little teaser for Mm -hmm. something super exciting that I wanted to share with you guys. So our sister business, Her Best Life, is launching our latest masterclass. And I know it's called Her Leadership Life. It's written by our very own Sarah Reynolds and co-authored, I think, by Diane Griffin, right? Yeah. 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 So you can register for that by going to her best life slash leadership if you guys are interested in that. So just wanted to plug that in before we before we get going. Um, Okay. well, here's what I know about leadership is it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. So hard. And it's a journey. It's not something it's not like Photoshop. Okay, you can't learn it in a semester. Yeah, you just can't. So true. And so when you think about your leadership, you have to think about it as a journey. And the more you lead, right, the better you'll get at leadership. So I tell people, as you're growing your leadership, lead stuff, lead your team, lead your PTA, lead your neighborhood association. All Mm -hmm. of those things are going to help you in your leadership. Because if you're starting a business, you don't know diddly about leadership. You really don't. Yep. We yep. all started in the same place, which is not knowing anything at all about yep. it. Yep. So just understand building the right team, growing your leadership takes time, energy, commitment, patience, and it's and thoughtfulness. Okay. And yep. thoughtfulness. So with that in mind, um, just understand that building the right team takes takes time. Takes time. Yep. We've all been leading our organizations. I mean, Sarah, how long have you been leading yours. I mean, gosh, close to 20 years now. When did you start growing your team? We're 18 on my side. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A couple years behind Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why these guys are so young and they're so wise. You know, I didn't really start (laughs) growing my team until I was about 40. I thought you were going to say that was when I had so many eye lines. That was that's why they're so young. So many wrinkles. We, we <laughs> that's, <feel>. right. <laughs> that's why the 
you're so young and look so bad. Is that, is that what I thought I was going to say? Yes, you have so many gray hairs. We, <laughs> we, fa- we failed early. Early, early and often. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. early stress and often. does give you gray hair. So that is, yes. there, that is actually mm-hmm. proven. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so when you're thinking about building your team, just know that everybody starts in the same place. You start with ground zero. And, you know, I didn't, I, I managed people, uh, but which is different than that building different. a team. Okay. It's different than owning a business. Managing people is not the same. Uh, Because at the end of the day, usually you have a manager above you who can do a lot of the hard things, right? Right. You're not always doing it. The buck doesn't stop with you always. Um, And and so just understand that as you're building your team and and learning your leadership lessons, you might make mistakes. So Mm -hmm. be soft with yourself. Be soft with yourself. And yep. your team is going to look different at the beginning than it does 5, 10, 15, 20 years yep. later. Yep. Right? If, yep. if you knew now, Sarah, what, you know, back when you were 18 or 20 or both of you, mm-hmm. just think of where you'd be right now. Yep. But you had to learn all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, my biggest... Uh, really probably my number one lesson that took me the longest to learn is this is the thing guys leadership is is a calling you have the, lead, leadership is you have a human being's life that that they look to you to guide them to coach them to lead them it is it is um one of the most highest callings actually out of your life is leading another human being right um and it took me a long time to learn that our people will always watch more what we do mm-hmm. than what we say. Mm-hmm. And leadership for me for 10 plus years was showing my people that um, what was important to me, which was work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my big leadership lesson and and it actually helps me make my health and my family a priority now because I know my people are watching, right? They're looking to their leader and they're watching. They will duplicate what I do more than what I say. And so it's so, so important. Um, I wish I would have learned that one very early on um, because it would have helped me be a better steward with my people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for years that they they watched and they didn't make their health a priority. They didn't make their family the priority because their leader was doing that. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest uh lesson for me. Um, and uh one that I wish I could go back in time. But now I get to share it with you guys. And so I'm hoping our listeners are listening to me right now and just making sure when you make your getting your workout in in the morning versus taking their call, the priority, right? You're showing them your health matters too. So mm-hmm. making sure that they are making their health the priority in their yeah. life as well. So I love that. You know, and Sarah, we hear the phrase often where it says, show me your leader and I'll show you your organization, mm-hmm. right? I think show me your leader and we'll also see what everybody's lives look like, right? If you're working yes. for someone that doesn't believe in vacation or you're working for someone um, that doesn't believe in family, you know, time or someone that doesn't believe in health. Like you see that ripple throughout the organization because that's how everybody else feels like they have to show up. And so I love your vulnerability in sharing that because believe me, I, I've learned some really painful lessons in that too. And, um, 
being able to lead from the front on that gives everybody else permission um, to set those priorities for themselves too. And in the end, you're going to have a healthier, literally a healthier organization, but probably a, um, a a much more um, longevity-based organization too, because they're growing in other aspects of their business, not just the business. Yeah. I I had a, one of my most, a pretty hard emotional conversation recently with a team member that matters a lot to me. And um, she said, you know, I, I, you shouldn't have ever posted that you took your family to Cancun between Christmas and New Year's. Mm. And because a lot of people are having a hard time, you know, the shift has happened, all of those things. And I said, well, it was planned for and budgeted a long time ago. So first and foremost, like that's important, right? Mm -hmm. I shared that with my team. So they knew that I said, I made a commitment to, to always show the team what's important. And I'm a mom and a wife and I will not, not, not share how Mm -hmm. I'm living. Like I, I will show, like I'm living what I'm saying, meaning my, I'm making my kids a priority this week. I'm making my kids a priority today. I'm making my husband a priority. Like, and it doesn't matter what I say. If I'm not showing it, then Mm -hmm. I know people in our organization. So I said, I'm not going to apologize Yeah, (laughs) Uh, because I made my commitment to myself that I will show the team what's important. Um, and I think that's, it's, they will always follow what we do. So, Mm -hmm. so such a big lesson. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Um, so when you're thinking about building your team, right, it takes time and patience and you're going to have a different team than you started with, but just remember one of the, the key things, leadership lessons is to hire team players. You know, yes. this is a really good lesson is to hire people who who want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Not everybody is like that. You know, some people are kind of in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so hire people who are her team players. That was a really big lesson for me um, after my team kind of fell apart in 2019 is not, not that I didn't have team players on my team, but now I have people who are very much team players. They're all in with the team and that's, and that's a hundred percent their focus. Not that they're, not that they're not focused on themselves. They are, but the team is actually the most important thing versus themselves. Mm-hmm. Wendy, so how do you good. vet for that when you're interviewing? And like, we don't need to go too far down the weeds, but like when you're looking mm-hmm. at people, I, I hear people say that all the time. Oh, I look for team players. It's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But like how, when you're looking for that, what do you look for? What, what like little signs or, you mm-hmm. know, little, little nuances do you look for when you're interviewing? For a that? couple, well, a couple of ways you just ask the question, uh, what teams have you been on and have you led any teams? You know, that's one of our values questions is what, what are your leadership? Uh, what are, le- what leadership things have you done? And then what teams have you been? I mean, you know, somebody who's been, uh, um, on a basketball team for 10 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. you know, in high school and college and, uh, somebody who's been on, so sports to me are, are big. I was never, yeah. I, I was never a team player. If I'm honest for a lot of times I was kind of, I, and I still kind of feel this way. Unfortunately, I want to be more of a team player. I mean, building a team has helped me become much more of a team player. Um, but I, I look for people who, who have been on teams and have, and have, and love it. They talk about their team. Oh my gosh. You know, such a great, because there are people that are on teams, like for instance, Michael Jordan wasn't really a team player. He was a he was a superstar, not necessarily a team player. Um, and then there are plenty of other people who are who are more team players. So just ask the question, you know, do you like being on a team? Do you want something bigger than yourself? 
I, I that's so good. I, I love that question. The other thing that has helped me with this, um, say is, uh, mm-hmm. with the questions they ask you, like, mm-hmm. um, where will my picture be or where will, is it about the team winning or is it about them winning? And if their mm-hmm. questions are more geared towards them winning, then typically they're not many times we find that they're not a, a fit, uh, for mm-hmm. empower home. Um, and so making sure that we're paying attention to what questions they're asking. Um, and then if we have questions about that, then digging deep to make sure I don't, I try not to assume that they're not a team player just by one question, but you can learn a lot by just listening to what questions mm-hmm. they ask you and or your team. So love that. And then as you're going through your hiring process, and if you guys are curious about our hiring process, we all three of us have a pretty similar process. You can mm-hmm. listen to what episode was it? Episodes actually the, right early 13 on 13 through 15, through 15. Yeah. 13 through 15. And one of the parts of that process, the very final part of that process is we're asking them about their future and what they want that future to look like. And so I like to see when I'm asking them about what do you want your job future to look like. I want them to say, I have a supportive team around me. Um, I'm working with great people. Good. That's um, so good. I'm, I'm, yeah. So that Powerful. to me is, is the other, that's the other nugget, which is they're talking about their job and they're talking about the team in it. Mm-hmm. So that good. Says, it says that they're a team player. So those are kind of the two things for me. Love that. Um, and then also guys, knowing your values, we talk about values here. Um, on the podcast a lot. And actually I had a conversation with a client of mine. We're out walking yesterday, client and friend. And we had sent out uh, these little booklets on our, on our team uh, that had, I'm, I'm the weird realtor. I send out weird stuff to my, to my clients, but I sent a little um, exercise about your, about how to figure out your values to all of my VIP members. I probably sent one to you, Sarah. I did. We probably opened it. You probably got one too. I did. Um, And so anyway, she was saying she's 61 years old. Uh, She just got out of a bad marriage. And it kind of surprised me because she's really busy and she's a successful person. And she's like, yeah, I just really appreciated that. I sat down and she said the values exercise for me was the most, probably the most impactful thing I've ever done because I've never really Mm. sat down to think about it. And when I think about my, my failed marriage- uh, I realized that we were totally not in alignment around our values. Mm. So that's a huge part of why of why our marriage failed. And I thought, gosh, when I'm when I'm thinking about this episode, working on this episode, your values are everything. So you need yep. to figure out somebody's values. And values are are their work ethic. Are they performance mm-hmm. based? Are they competitive? Um, do they like to give back? Like all of those things that are important to you as a leaders, you need to be in alignment with your with your people on that because a lot of times we'll hire people out of pain and um, you, you can't really figure out, like they seem like they're great, but you can't figure out why mm-hmm. you're not meshing, right? There's something wrong there and it's because they're probably not aligned with your values. So. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yep. Say, what about you in terms of lessons? Yeah, I've got, I mean, more than I can count, honestly. You know, I think the biggest one for me is oftentimes in leadership, when something's not working in the organization or something's not working with a person, I always look back to me first. Like, where's my mm. DNA in this person? 
um, not succeeding? Like, were we not clear on their job description? Like, do they not understand what the role actually is? Um, are we not clear on what needs to be accomplished or deadlines? Um, was I there for accountability? Um, and so I like whenever something's not working, I think for me, I always look internal first. And I mean, I've, I've had some decent crash and burn, you know, people, situations not work out. And I find oftentimes I can trace it back to a specific piece of DNA that I have in there too, which, you know, maybe would that have saved in the long run? Maybe not. But could it have significantly impacted the, the outcome differently? Probably. Um, so that I think is the first thing. I think something too, I interviewed um, when I was interviewing and hiring a director in our organization several years ago too, something she said to me on how you win or lose with someone is making sure you're understanding, you know, how you win and lose with that person. But I think just in general, you know, she said, you win with me by always praising me in public. And the moment you publicly like cut me down in front of the team is probably the day you've lost me. Hmm. And I thought, you know, that's just, it's a really, not that I like would do that on a regular basis, but I think as leaders sometimes because we're accountable for so many things. I don't know about you guys, but I, there's just not a lot you can offend me with. I don't take things personally, not because I don't have an emotional intelligence, but it's just, if anything goes wrong, it often comes back to, I could have done something differently. And so um, it's a good reminder for us as leaders that we may have thicker skin sometimes than our team members do. And so just being careful to be aware of that and to be sensitive of that, especially after a couple of tough years, um, mm. I think that, that, you know, having grace and really making sure we understand what's going on at home and we're in rapport, um, you know, and, and that we're praising in public and criticizing or critiquing in private. Um, and then, you know, something I love is, um, my uncle George became the number two in the Austin police force for like 20 years. And, mm. um, he, had, I mean, he ran the academy with all the new cadets and then he um, was over the police force in the number two position forever. And every time a chief would change over, they'd beg him to stay. And he said, you know, one of the biggest things that really attributed to his success was he always worked to make the other person in, in whatever like team capacity was happening look better look great to champion them and their ideas or their contributions. And he said, I found when I led with that contribution of wanting them always to look good, right? And lift as we climb, everybody wanted to take me with them. And so, you know, I think from I a leadership that. standpoint too, really just making sure that we are, are being champions for our people and their contributions. And I'm not saying you fabricate or make things up, but oftentimes when we hire great people, they do great things. And so just yes. really making sure that we're, we're bringing that to the forefront, especially as we're starting this new year, I think is something to keep in mind. I love that. I love that. Um, I want to talk to Uncle George. He's awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. And he, he's a mischief maker too. So. He's so great. Yeah, he lives in Austin. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Uh, one, one of my big uh, lessons, and I actually, um, I had a coach observe my leadership um, in our executive leadership meeting mm. who pointed this out to me. I didn't even realize I was doing it, um, is I was teaching, telling what to do versus mm. asking questions to teach mm. my people how to think. That's good. And that led to me getting very burnt out because if you can imagine, if you're not teaching your people how to think, and you're not asking questions back to them, then eventually you are leading 
people that are operating more in, in as like a robot, meaning like mm-hmm. waiting to be told what to do or how to solve the problem or, um, and they were amazing at just going out and doing what I said. Um, but I, I looked up one day and I had probably at that time, probably about 200 people on my team. So it's a big team at that point where everything was coming to me on my desk of what to do. And, Mm -hmm. and it was my own fault because I was not teaching them how to think, how to solve problems. I was not asking questions. I was giving statements back, Mm -hmm. right? Statement, like responding to their questions in a statement versus um, responding to their questions in a question back to help them learn to think. Um, And I think that that was so powerful for me to learn. And I didn't realize I was doing it. It wasn't intentional, Mm, but I certainly was not teaching my people how to think. Um, and really that's leadership, right? Teaching, helping teach them how to think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're also giving them the, the, the gift of leadership then too. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're, that's literally what you're doing because leadership is about critical thinking and making decisions. And if we're making all the decisions, then what you're telling your people is, you know what, you're not good at this. That's why I'm Mm -hmm. doing it for you. Yes. Whether you're doing that consciously or unconsciously. Yep. And so when you give them permission to make a decision, you're also giving them permission to make a wrong decision, Ooh, which is yep. hard. Good. It's hard yep. as a leader. Uh, but that is how you grow in your leadership. Because remember when I talked about the only way to become a leader is to lead stuff. And if yeah. you're not letting your people lead stuff and make decisions, then they won't ever become leaders. And so you're taking that gift away from them. Yeah. And it's there. It's. When I started doing that, I noticed their confidence started rising because they were like, I did that. Like I problem solved that. I fixed that. Like, and it was just like, they got to own and they got to shine more because it was like, it wasn't like, oh, Sarah told me what to do. Or Mm -hmm. like, they knew that they made a difference. And it was like, it's been beautiful watching their confidence rise. And it took me changing my leadership and really being a leader versus Mm -hmm. not. Um, was really the big thing, but huge, huge, huge lesson uh, for me was asking questions versus giving, telling them what to do. I love that. Was um, that a Hitari bark? That was Hitari. And like, he doesn't even have any excuse. There's nothing around. Like, Tari, come on. Do you just want to like chime in? Come like on. It. I know. He's like, yeah. yes. He was kind of given like an amen. He was like, can I get an yeah. amen on that? Woof, <laughs> 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 woof, yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> I, I discovered in um, hiring one expectation and question that I talk about is like, if a problem should arise, um, how do you want to handle it? Not how should I handle it with you first, but how do you want to handle it? And my response always is if there's a problem, like i I want you to think through the three or four or two or three different ways in which you would handle the situation. If you need my input, great, but oftentimes you can solve it yourself. But if there's ever a problem you're seeing that you're needing us to help with or to do, I want you to come to the table with two or three ideas. Um, And it doesn't matter whose idea we implement. I need you thinking it through before coming to me with it. I need to see you thinking it through. What resources did you use? Who did you ask? What did you work on? Um, And I often tell them, like, if you come to me without that, I'm going to view it as complaining and I'm going to have you go back. Because a, a problem without ideas for solutions to me is drama and complaints. It's not thinking forward and contributing. And so we set that expectation really early in the hiring process now um, because it sets us up for exactly what Sarah's talking about, that like thinking 
ahead before we're just having to become the the entire, you know, organization's problem solvers, which is exhausting and takes a lot of brain power to do that. So I love that you're doing that, Sarah. You're a beautiful leader. You too. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you want to do is you, you just need to understand that doing hard things is a muscle. Okay. It's a muscle that you can strengthen and get better at. And I want to share a story recently at our retreat, which unfortunately Seychelle and Sarah couldn't come. But one of the exercises we did was we we basically poured into each other and we talked about how we shared how we've seen each other grow over the years. It's a really powerful exercise. And everybody said the same, kind of the same thing to me, which was like, you became a much better person and leader after your team fell apart. First of all, you became more vulnerable. Um, you were yeah. more self-aware and you you just internalized some, some of those hard things. And so mm. I want you guys to know, and before that I was kind of, I don't know, I felt kind of cocky. I was like, oh, what's 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 everybody's problem? Like, why, why, <laughs> why did all these people who have all these failures like get on stage and whatnot? Like, so it, and it was a very humbling experience for me, which was really good. It was a really good humbling experience for me. So for those of you that are, you know, and if you think I'm talking to you, I am talking to you, which is if you're, if you're going through something really hard right now in your business, understand that it will make you a better leader. It absolutely yep. will make you a better leader mm-hmm. if you take the time to be thoughtful about it. And the faster you can grow and do more hard things, the more you're going to grow in your leadership. That's I love the truth. That. So good. I think um, a, a big part of that is um, being also transparent with your team or your people as you're learning. Um, because again, it goes back to my first lesson, right? Yeah. They're they're going to implement that. They're going to emulate that as well. Um, and so it's so powerful when we're learning something to, as long as it's not like legally like as long as you're allowed to share it, like legally, um, I've always found that vulnerability and transparency goes so far as we're learning lessons, um, because your team wants to grow with you and wants to learn and it gives the why behind certain things. It was a really powerful question, uh, conversation I had, as I mentioned with the team member and we were closer through it because I was able to share with her, like my sort of regret of, not leading by, by example, um, on certain things in my life. And that that's why, that's why I committed to not to continuing to do that in terms of leading my people by example. And when she understood that, because I was, I was open with her, I was transparent. Um, we grew closer through the conversation. Um, and she then understood, you know, so I think it's, that's, and I saw you learn, learn that and do that, Wendy, um, which I think was huge. Really, really well, big. I think what I also hear you saying, Sarah, that's so wise, is that vulnerability mm. uh, builds trust mm-hmm. among groups. And the way that you go from being a group to a team is you you have to have trust there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So vulnerability mm-hmm. creates trust. And yep. trust is part yeah. of how you can go more quickly from having just a group of people to a team, which is really what yep. a leader I love does. That. Yeah. Yes. So good. I love that. So good. A lesson. Another. That, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Say. No. I was just say one. You know, one lesson that I learned um, this this last year was 
um, when I was uh, writing my dad's eulogy. And he was this, you know, self-made entrepreneur, ran his own business from the time he was like 25 um, all the way up. And Nick used to tease me that you were raised almost as much in a business as you were in a family because we would, you know, work markets and run the sample room. I learned how to walk in the showroom, you know, at Market Hall in Dallas. Like I, we grew up in a business. Like we would answer their phones as their little assistants um, for their company. And, um, you know, in writing his eulogy, he, he put so much... Um, pride and blood and sweat and tears into that business. And it, and it was a, a strong business. But what I realized was in writing is, you know, all the different things about him and his life, that there there were probably, it was a, probably a page and a half summary of, you know, the the highlights or the, the high points of his life and, and the things he learned. But business really only gets one paragraph of that. And so in leadership, to me, what that said was being mindful of, us as empire builders, especially, um, business may come to us easier. Like I can do business. I know how to do it. Um, I, I get a lot of uh, dopamine um, satisfaction from it because you get wins. There's also a lot of challenges, but like I, you get a lot of energy from it too. When you're building a business and you're having success and you're growing and people are thriving and you're solving problems and, and all of these things that for me, and I know this is probably like a deeper, you know, like one of those deeper lessons that I always seem to give on the podcast these days, go nice and real deep. <laughs> but it's, it's just, you know, for us as leaders, really being mindful of leading at home and showing mm. up leading by example at home and so also um, building our big life as a part of this and really being mindful that while you're building your big business, you know, business may get one or two paragraphs at the end. And so are you making the rest of it count as you're going? Because a lot of that's what you're going to be remembered for too. So that was a, a deeper lesson, but one very <laughs> top of mind over the last couple months. So, so good. Yes. Uh, a big one for me was, um, ha- has been clarity is the mo- one of the most important things in leadership, providing Mm -hmm. clarity, especially for how your people win in their role. So making sure that they have clarity on what their most important things they do that day. Many times they're not going to get everything done, but did they get done the most important things? Do your people know um, what their most important things are? They're big rocks. They're 20%. Um, Do they know that? Um, And as a leader, providing that clarity and helping them. Cause many times I found that when we're struggling with someone, you know, a lot of times you can, you can say, Oh, they're not doing a good job with their role. Right. Um, and this sort of goes back to what say said was like looking at your DNA before anything else. Right. And it's like, okay, well, if they're struggling in their role, most people go to work. I have found and want to do well and want to do a good job. That's most human beings, right? So if most human beings want to do a good job while they're working, then many times I found that if they're not doing a good job, it's because they lack clarity on their most important things. And that took me a long time to learn too, um, is, is like help them get clarity on their most important things and how they win um, their day. I love that. That's, awesome. that's everything. And I think it's a struggle that we... That for me personally, I continue to go through as people grow inside your organization. Yeah, something that you have to revisit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've had a few people on my that have been here for a while now, and it's really 
taking the time out of your busy schedule, going back to them and saying like, hey, you know, I'd love to sit down. Let's talk about where you want to be in three years, you know, going back to them because they're not the same person that they were five years ago. They've, They've grown and changed a lot. And sometimes we see them as that person from five years ago. So it's really important to do that, to take the time to do that as a leader. And if you're struggling about how to do what Sarah was talking about, um, luckily we did an episode on it. It's episode 107 and 108, uh, which is how to hold a weekly accountability meeting. So getting clear about what somebody's goals are at the beginning of the year. And then again, taking time with them every week. Are they meeting their goals? Like, and it's, and it's personal and professional. So you really know kind of what's going on both sides of them. Um, And it just provides a really simple framework for doing exactly what Sarah says, which is like their self-discovering, they're taking a stab at what their most important things are and you're coaching and leading them and saying, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, let's tweak this. Um, You know, let's, let's figure this out together. And then, you know, at the end of every week, they can look back and they can literally say, did I win the week or did I not win the week? And then Mm -hmm. a little, a little hack for every day is, is we just do a a one thing um, huddle. I mean, and of course, Sarah, your, your team's way too big to do that, but um, we just, say, what's the one thing uh, that we need to do mm-hmm. that's going to make everything else easier or necessary today to accomplish our goals? And so we just yep. go around in a circle and, you know, it's like people just know, okay, well, this is what I need to do to like, that's the most important thing today. Okay, check. Maybe my world falls apart and, you know, f- fires happen, but did I do my most important thing? Yes. I won the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So good. That's awesome. So good. Well, I am super excited about um, us launching her leadership life, as ah, uh, Wendy mentioned. So um, I can't wait to take it. Of, I know. Me too. Uh, it's, Selfishly. It's, um, one of the things that Diane and I, um, when we were sitting down to do our first sort of writing session, um, is it's called Her Leadership Life, and it's for females um, that uh, are looking to really become a master of leadership. So again, what I said in the beginning, um, it's such a privilege to lead people. You have their their lives in, in, in your hands. The impact that you can make on their life is so significant. Um, and so you want to make learning and growing as a leader a priority. If, if God's given you someone to impact, to influence, to lead, um, then you want to be uh, looking at classes, books to increase um, you yourself as a leader. And so her leadership life is meant to be a master class. So to really master leadership. And what I'm excited about is we are leaning into uh, what a lot of uh, female leaders have in common mm-hmm. in terms of strengths, like collaboration and vulnerability and transparency. Um, many times that's what makes um, us females powerful leaders. Um, and in men, if they, if they implement those things would be uh, powerful, are powerful leaders as well. Um, but I'm excited to really talk about some things that as female leaders, uh, we struggle with and, um, want to grow in. And so we would love, love, love for you guys to join us, uh, for the masterclass. Um, and we will do a special promo, uh, for empire build building, um, listeners. And so we will put that in the show notes, um, but you can get signed up. We already have an extensive waiting list. It's going to be a, a big, big topic. Um, and so you want to get signed up as quickly as possible. Um, 
do we know how to do that? Say, yes. Do yes. Do that? yes. So it's in the show notes, but you also can go to herbestlife.com forward slash leadership. Um, and you can go ahead and sign up and join the wait list right there for when we launch. So it's herbestlife.com forward slash leadership. And it launches in March. Yeah. It's it gonna launches be in March. How many so sessions? Nine sessions? Seven sessions? So, no, we got seven, seven sessions. So it's going to be March through September. Um, and awesome. so it's seven se- sessions, um, and we're focusing on strategies and habits, um, that help you lead and influence once a month, 90 minutes, yep. once a month with homework. So yep. Cause then you have time to do yes. the work. And, you know, I really think if we're looking ahead over the next couple of years, the biggest determiner of all of our success for us and our organizations is going to be how much we grow our leadership capabilities. So Sarah, I am so excited watching you on this journey over the last several years has been a true joy and to get to take part in this um, and learn from you. And Diane is just so exciting. So I cannot wait, can't wait. Um, because it's going to raise my can't leadership wait, lid wait. too. So it's going to be great. So y'all come join us because Wendy and I will be in there with you. So it's going to be awesome. All right, guys. Well, let's go out. You get in Oh, go ahead. No, go. Well, you get a, I wanted to tell you, we, we're preparing. It's a full masterclass, like a b- very um, detailed and also um, interactive. So it's going to be interactive and um, you get a booklet of material. uh, We have slides. So we're making sure we're touching all of the different learning um, capabilities. So uh, join us for Her Leadership Life um, and it will help you impact more people and make a bigger difference in the world. So thank you guys for listening today. Uh, Get out there and and have a big business and an even bigger life. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye guys.